Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 53 of the Effective Teaching Podcast. Today, I'm going to be talking to my great friend, Eleni Kritzis. I've been really excited waiting for this to come. We booked it a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I really wanted to talk to Eleni because I've been watching her Instagram profile and seeing what she's been posting up there about what she's doing in terms of her lessons for her students in yeah, she's teaching remotely down in Melbourne at the moment. So I thought I'd have her on and we would just basically chat about what she's been doing and how we can make sure that our remote learning is still really engaging and fun for our students. So thanks heaps, Eleni, for joining me. Thanks, Dan, for having me. It's great to be back and be part of your podcast again. Since last time I was here, a lot has actually changed in my life. So um, last time I don't think I was even pregnant, but since then I've had a baby my baby is now six months. I'm living in lockdown here in Melbourne and return to work um, just two days a week now since having my beautiful little girl. So she's seven months next week. And yeah, it's been a huge change to the system. Um, you know, seeing the first part of lockdown while I was on maternity leave, I was still reaching out and supporting staff in my role at my school. Um, I'm currently a curriculum and innovation leader in the junior school. And um, you know, I felt that teachers and everyone took that on board quite well in remote learning first round. Um, but then second round, I was hoping we were back at school and I could do all this exciting stuff when I returned. Um, but obviously a global pandemic has different plans and we find ourselves in Melbourne back in lockdown, hoping that we might be out by Christmas if we <laughs> everyone decides to follow the rules. But yes, it's been a an interesting journey, but also an exciting one. Yeah, no, it's definitely been exciting. I've enjoyed you know, watching you go through being pregnant and having your first child and everything that that brings because, yeah, I've got two and it's fantastic, but it's also, you know, massively time-consuming. So you're juggling full-time mum and part-time work. Yeah, yeah. So that is a challenge. I must say returning back to work was those two days I found have been a bit of a relief. I'm, as many people who know me, I'm a bit of a workaholic. So um, for me to switch off and have a baby was great, but I'd also sort of wanted to get back. And I'd been seeing all these amazing things happening and just wanting to get in amongst it and start implementing it. And, you know, this second round of lockdown, I think the first one was a bit of fun in as good as that can be like it was a bit of a novelty you know the kids were excited working from home you know using technology in a different way and doing all of that but this time around I think it's a lot harder um you know we're not sure when the is there an end for us here in Victoria like it doesn't seem like we'll be back I don't I, I don't know I don't even think we might get back by the end of the year the rate we're going um they were saying yesterday that's stage two might not come to mid-December. So if that's the case, that means schools are still closed till then, which I don't even want to think about. But in doing that, I think it's a great time for teachers to rethink what they're doing in the classroom. I know for us, you know, the first round of lockdown was a survival. So, you know, do what you do just to get by. And when I spoke to a lot of teachers, they had gone back to old school teaching. So pretty much just giving kids worksheets or tasks and just like uploading PDFs to OneNote or to slides or seats or whatever it is that we're using and giving it to the kids to do to fill in time. Um, and, you know, they were just sending home mass plus books and books like this that they were doing where, you know, that novelty sort of worn off. Kids were actually a bit excited for that because we don't really do that stuff 
at school. So they thought it was awesome. Like, all I have to do is one sheet of work. How awesome is that? But, you know, that wears off pretty quickly. And if you know anything about kids, just doing worksheets is not really engaging or fun or just a teacher reading a story to them um, doesn't really engage them enough. So we've had to sort of rejig what we're doing and create sort of projects for kids. So in my role at my school, I sort of am like a coach but also support teachers in curriculum across, you know, English, maths, inquiry everything that there is technology as well so um, my principal wanted me to create something engaging for the whole school each week and so at the beginning I was like great this is going to take so much time but what we've set up is I run over Monday and Tuesday one hour each in the afternoon half the school on one day and the other half on the other so I just repeat the lesson we go on virtual excursions around the world and I think this is really a fun way to make remote learning something different, a memorable experience for students. So we've explored um, the story, Are We There Yet? and gone on a journey around Australia. Then we've seen the seven new wonders, the seven um, natural wonders of the world. We've also went on an African safari. This week um, with National Science Week, we are heading on an ocean safari to look at our oceans and the animals and how we can protect them. So connecting to areas of the curriculum and different um, year levels and what they're doing I'm sort of tying that in with each version we're doing and then the students have tasks that they do each week that then they submit so these may include you know advertisements that they create or reflections on holidays they have been on in the past um, we've also had tinkering activities so using recycled materials at home and creating you know the new wonders of the world um, this week with the ocean safari the juniors will be using Scratch Junior and creating an ocean um, scene and then the older students will be using Scratch. So, you know, bringing in those coding and those fun activities that sometimes, you know, I think, you know, curriculum is important, but it's also showing kids that learning can happen in different ways. Um, last week I get, left it open. I said, you just have to create one of the animals we saw on an African safari. And I had a girl email me last night. She actually baked a cake and then had cut out an elephant and um, that was her thing. And, you know, those sort of experiences you don't get in the classroom because we can't just bake cakes as we please. But, you know, this student really loves baking, so she shared her knowledge and shared what she liked um, through a different means, which I think we should also celebrate during this time and share with everyone, which is pretty cool. So with your tours, what have you been using to make your tours? Yeah, so I've been using Google Expeditions um, and also Google Tour Creator. So Google Expeditions is a free app on iOS, um, Chrome, etc. that you can download and it has all these tours built in. But then with Google Tour Creator, you can actually go in and edit them and change them. So I've done that for a few of them. I've also um, just been looking up because... Um, Google Maps doesn't really provide you interactive safari animals moving. They're just sort of still images. So I also found a few online um, safari websites and cams um, that are in sanctuaries and everything that you can. Um, I've just been screen recording them because if you watch it, you know, animals are very temperamental. They're not really in front of the camera at all times. So I sort of did screen grabs and then I could just show them when I was sharing with the kids so um, I think that's been really fun and the kids really look forward to it I even know some parents have emailed me saying you know every week when you run your tour it's my time to stop work too and we do it as a family so I think that's really nice as well to sort of get everyone to see 
life and see everything in a different way and I know some of the students have even said when we're allowed to travel again I hope we can go here you know I put that on my to wish to go over here and wish to go there so yeah it is it is exciting and it sort of gives them that bit of hope that one day we will be able to go to all these amazing places around the world um doesn't sound like too soon um but hopefully one day we can yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to say, when you were talking about your student who did the cake thing and cut the animal out of the cake, I actually find that's one of the really great benefits of doing remote stuff because the kids are at home. It actually means they've got a lot better access to a whole bunch of stuff. I actually had one of my student teachers, uh, they were talking about um, for year 11 and 12, so it's a senior school, but the kids had to learn about buoyancy and stuff with water. And so she had kids, you know, fill out their bars and chuck different things in to see if they'd float. And one kid, like, got fully dressed and jumped into the water and uh, just doing a whole bunch of really silly things, but at the same time enjoying learning. Because, you know, we don't normally have a bath at school you'd be able to play around with whether things float or not. Yeah, you can do it in a little bucket, but it's never as exciting. You can't put massive big things that they've made in there. And so that's been, I think, one of the great benefits is that we can actually pull upon the stuff that the kids already have at home. And you're talking about your, um, using recycled stuff to build your, your animals or to build um, the seven wonders of the world or something. I think that's something that teachers don't capitalise on enough, I think, during, during remote yeah. learning at the moment. Yeah, and I think that's really true. And especially this week, we have Science Week coming up. And um, normally when we're at school, you know, we have, we run lunchtime sessions. I get the year six leaders involved. We make a real celebration of it. And so obviously being remote, it's sort of like how we're we still going to create those experiences for the students when we're not actually at school. So this week we've actually collapsed um, Wednesday. So it's like hump day, science day. So I've just created um, a PowerPoint, which I will then embed on our class pages that are interactive. Um, so you can do it in Google Slides as well, where you just link everything to different activities. So there are nine activities and the students can complete writing challenges, science experiments, and we sent the parents a list of things that they may need um, in saying that I pick things like milk, food colouring, basic materials that I'm pretty sure most households with kids will have at home. So um, it shouldn't add anything really dramatic to parents' shopping lists either. So, you know, the older girls are making ice cream in a bag this week. And, you know, to get parents involved and see that process as well, you know, there's coding tasks, design challenges, um, making advertisements to save the ocean, watching videos. And I think sometimes that it's okay to sort of set days like this as well remotely. Um, they're generally the memorable days that the kids will really remember, you know, just having a set of tasks, letting them go, complete as many, how many points can you create to create a bit of that um, competitiveness that I think every student loves. Um, and then sharing what they create is really exciting as well. And we're actually now at that stage where those choice boards sort of tasks, um, teachers are starting to assign those each week. So if they're looking at shape, there are nine activities you know, in a nice grid that kids can pick. Um, one of them might be a teacher-focused one. So our teachers have small groups that they meet with each day um, just to tie in, check in, make sure that they're understanding the key concepts that we actually need to teach. But then there's activities, you know, scavenger hunts, um, design activities and different things that, you know, at school it's very much structured, 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 where now that we're at home we can also provide them opportunities to and make and create and do those other things that you know 
they're still getting that face-to-face but also being able to do things independently. Um, I think there's also finding the balance of how much time you are online and how much time you're offline. Um, I know some schools here in Melbourne are pretty much on from 8.30 till 3.30 face-to-face on a screen all day. I I don't think that works in my school or my setting. Um, I wouldn't say that's healthy. Yeah, I know even myself... No, Monday I was on the computer pretty much all day, meeting with teachers, following up things. And by the end of the day, I had a headache. And it just makes me wonder, how are these kids surviving? So finding that balance where they can go off and do things and not rely on parents the whole time because, you know, a lot of parents in Melbourne in particular are trying to work from home. You know, childcare has been cut for so many families. So they've got little ones running around. They're trying to run their own meetings, trying to make sure kids are working. So by providing tasks, um, that are open that kids can do on their own, I think it's really important. I know one student when we were doing the new wonders ended up going into the dining room, pulling all the chairs and making a coliseum and then she created like all the toys were like battling and she had like a little Barbie doll as the gladiator going around. But, you know, those sort of things. Her mum then sent me an email saying, this kept her entertained for like an hour. She's like, thank you for that. You know, sometimes just those play scenarios, we know that it's so important for young kids as well. And even if any parents are watching, don't feel pressured in this situation. Um, kids still learn, they will still grasp these concepts um, and just embrace this time. I think, you know, hopefully it won't happen again, um, but hopefully also teachers can see and make a bit of fun out of it. You know, if you keep sticking to the same thing every week, you know, you as a teacher get bored of it online. So be creative in what you do. Yeah, and I think for us, you know, because you know, New South Wales and Victoria are both like in our last lockdown, it was all it was all mostly external travellers. We knew it was only going to be a very short period of time that lockdown, and so I don't think teachers put the same amount of like they, they did a lot of work. I know a lot of teachers did a lot of PD, a lot of effort learning how to use all the tech and how to actually meet with kids online and getting all that set up, but. As we're moving into the, like with Victoria saying down this time, you know, we don't know when that's going to open up again. And we're actually, it's more like the kind of lockdowns that have happened internationally. Our first one really was very, very, very small, I think, compared to what the rest of the world was doing. Uh, and so I can see that, yeah, you're, you're now in that situation. I, I expect it to get to New South Wales and be much the same. I and mean, currently we're all still at school. Um, but I think, you know, I also homeschool my, my son, who's seven, and I've enjoyed watching your stuff because I'm, right, I'm going to use that with, my, with Charlie. Uh, and I also have just, I've noticed a lot of the stress, like you mentioned you know, before with the parents, the stress that it puts on the parents because they're trying to work at home and they're trying to uh, teach their children as well, at least help their, their child with the activities that are going on. I think the whole relaxation that comes with that rather than stressing like you know, just a lot of parents are stressing about whether or not the kids are going to fall behind a year and all that kind of stuff it's actually quite hard i think for your students to fall behind a year because the actual you know the, the syllabus what it dictates they have to learn is not actually huge uh, but we do a lot around it as teachers to really make sure the kids are enjoying that learning and so really i think as a parent at home what you should be doing is trying to engage with the enjoyment that goes along with the learning so you know, actually getting physical things out to do your maths rather than just completing a sheet um, and, you know, using Lego, uh, using anything you've got, you know, even baking a cake with your child is really good science as well as teaching them how to cook. Like that's, that's a basic thing that you can do 
that is really going to help with their learning anyway. Just actually talk to them about the measurements you're using or the processes of what's happening inside that cake and how baking powder actually you know, is causing the air bubbles to happen to raise the cake. That kind of stuff is really important and gets that kind of core learning happening anyway. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I even know like setting a time. So, you know, I need you to sit down and do your work for 20 minutes and then we all have time together. So mum can go do work and you do your work, you know, little things like that to get them used to doing independent work, but also know when it's time to ask. And a lot of parents, you know, worry, you know, I have to be there sitting next to my child the whole time. Where realistically, if they're in a classroom, there's between 20 to 30 kids in a classroom. So if any parents are out there watching this wondering, how on earth does a teacher do it? We're not with every kid every second of the day. You know, they do have independence. They are able to do things for themselves. And I think that's something that a lot of parents may also forget that, you know, I have to help them where they actually can do a lot of the work. And the teachers who are setting the work, they are the professionals. They know where your kid is at. They're not going to be setting stuff that they know your kid won't be able to do at home as well. So, you know, um, don't feel pressured. Just relax, you know, have a bit of fun. There's so many resources out there these days that kids can go and explore. I'm about to write a blog post on little maths take-home kits um, that I know a company in Australia is selling them to parents and teachers and just simple things that you don't even need these kits, you know, a deck of cards, some counters that you can cut out of coloured paper you know, just to help them manipulate and move math concepts, you know, folding up paper, what shapes can you make? Those little things are really priceless in that sense of learning. Um, I read somewhere that um, before a kid can understand math concepts, they have to play with it in their hands. And, you know, I really worry with that because in the classroom, that's all we do. We always pull out the manipulatives and play and move them around, build things to understand with shape. Um place of value you know using a number line moving your finger along these are little things that parents can do at home and teachers just need to show them in the whole class sessions in the morning or however their day is set up and just show parents or send them a template or a little video it doesn't take long to make these um i know i used to be so pedantic about making the perfect videos now it's like whatever quick throw this one together that's a great tutorial share it the shorter the better i say like less than two minutes if it's any longer, no one's going to watch it. So yeah, you know, and I think teachers um, get hung up too on that because, like, I, I've taught flip learning for ages, and I'm, like, there's an online course even though I created for flip learning. Teachers always get hung up. Yeah, you know, I, I want it to be you know this fantastic video. I'm like, no, you're not running a business. Like, you don't get it perfect in your classroom. That's what you look like in your classroom when you get it wrong six times. Just present it the same way you normally would. Leave it as one take and send it off. It's not. Yeah. Yeah. Teachers stress a lot. I'm on video. I'm going to look. It's just how you look. It's not. (laughs) Yeah. It's even, I remember setting up, like I shared before, about the Google Tour Creator. So there's a tutorial on how to create these on my YouTube channel. Um, And I remember making that video. I think it was an hour and a half. And I was like, ended up yelling at the computer, like, oh, I nearly had it that time. And in the end, I was like, right, this is the last time I'm doing it. It ended up being the best one. I was like, right, getting it done. I'm over this done and now I've just accepted it is what it is mumble on things that's normal you know just get it out don't waste your time on it and you know really prioritize your time as a teacher when you are teaching remotely um the lessons do take a little bit longer to organize and for people who are seeing what I'm doing um it doesn't happen overnight there's a lot of work that goes into it but at 
the other end, the kids are really enjoying it. They're really seeing the joy. And you don't want kids to lose that love of learning um, just due to the current situation we're in. And it's also okay for kids to take a mental health day. You know, I know a few teachers are even doing that. Um, that's okay as well with this remote situation. Um, you need a balance. So don't feel, you know, if you can see a kid not coping, just get in touch with the parents and go, you know, let's make tomorrow a screen-free day. Just read some stories, let them play. Um, that's okay as well, that learning doesn't have to be, you know, 9 till 3.30 or 8.30 to 3, however your day is structured. You know, let them be kids as well. One or two days, you know. I know some kids normally have one or two days off a term and some kids haven't had one day off this year because it's been all remotely. You know, mentally they need a break as well. So, and you as a parent may need a break as well. So, you know, think of everyone, you know, have a family day and play board games, um, you know, once every few weeks. Um, I know lots of schools are doing tech-free days, you know, switch off days, things like that. Suggest it to your teacher's class. I know we had the 100 days of prep last week and that's a massive thing at my school and obviously it was remote so we'd had to change it and we organized kids disco parties and they ran a virtual disco and instead of just having the prep students we actually opened it up for the whole school so at lunchtime everybody had a disco um, in their lounge room and you know we all just let off some steam had a bit of fun and then I had the digital excursion afterwards and the kids were so excited. They just absolutely loved it. And I think, you know, a lot of things have moved digitally and reach out to small businesses, small companies that run these things, you know, look even at museums, Victoria or Australia or whatever, they have virtual things as well, lots of resources there. You as a teacher don't have to create too much. There's a lot out there. Um, and share what you're doing. If you have a lesson that is successful, please share it because I think, you know, I share as much as I can to help other people and, you know, if you're, you've struggled and you've found something that works, please share it because I think a lot of teachers are struggling. It is a lot different. Uh, I'm lucky. I love this sort of thing. This is, this is like my creative brain going crazy. It's what I love to do. But for some teachers, it's a struggle. So to see someone else's idea and be like, oh, that will actually work. Let me take that. I think that's a really positive thing with this whole thing as well. Yeah, no, I think that's fantastic. Well, Lenny, I think yeah, that, there's heaps there for people to take from that this week. Uh, I'd love to see lots of people sharing uh, what they've done. And if you want a place to share it, come to teacherspd.net slash 53 and just share it in the comments there. Just paste the link and stuff um, and people can then click on it and go and have a look at what you've created or be sharing it on social media, put it up on Instagram, on Facebook, wherever it is, put it into your you know your teachers groups on Facebook, there's so many of them these days. Um, there's so many places to share stuff and I think it's really important that we as professionals take this time to actually care and look after each other as well in that way to, to share. So thank you so much for your time. I know you're very busy, you know, this is the weekend. Um, just that days to be with your family. So thank you for giving that up and uh, yeah, I look forward to next time I get to chat with you, which I'm sure won't be too long because I'm just gonna keep having you back on here all the time. <laughs> I'm happy to join and yeah reach out if anyone's watched this and has any questions or needs any help with anything please do reach out I am here to help others as well um, this is actually a highlight for the weekend remember we are in lockdown so there's only, we're only let out of our house one hour a week here in Melbourne so um, it's a bonus to see someone so happy to do this again and chat and hopefully 
our numbers keep decreasing and we might get back to school before the end of the year, which would be really nice. (laughs) Thanks again, Eleni. Now, for those of you who are listening, if you wanted to enter into the competition at the moment, I am giving away a Teachers PD membership, which is worth $330 and gives you access to over 50 hours worth of PD. Uh, if you're in New South Wales, that's Nessa Accredited PD. All you have to do is leave a review of the podcast, take a screenshot of it, and then either tag me on Instagram at, at @danjacksontpd, or share it into the Effective Teaching Podcast community in Facebook. Now, if you don't use Apple, which is apparently the only place where you can actually leave reviews, please just feel free to leave a review on Teachers PD on Facebook or on uh, Google and take a screenshot of that and share it in either of those places, Instagram and tag me or in the Effective Teaching Podcast Facebook community and you'll enter into the chance to win one of two of those memberships giving you all that um, professional development which is all online, on demand and hopefully can benefit you during this time.